Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courts in Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined by our, we're sort of shorthanded tonight, Dominique, aren't we? A little bit. We are, yeah. We are. No Kyler, no Zach. They're intimidated by our guest tonight, Coach Mark Detweiler from Delta. <laughs> Just out of the blue, advances to semi-state? What yeah. It? Yeah. Got beat in the final game. Northwood beat us in the final game. Northwood beat you. So you, we could have had Wolfie on tonight if we were going to be shorthanded. Yeah, no doubt. Trying to figure out how to get him in here. He wants to do one, but we're we're picking up guys that we think are going to be like some of the favorites. So no pressure. <laughs> I know, I know. No pressure on you. Um, Zach usually gets us started with some of the off season stuff, so we'll we'll start there. But I'll I guess I'll pick up that tab since I saw you Thursday. Was it no sure. Friday? Friday at Purdue? Uh, it was Friday at Purdue, yeah. Yeah, Friday at Purdue. So I probably made a mistake by not walking over there and watching at least the second half of your game against Westfield since Carmel was thrashing Terre Haute South. Oh, yeah. What What type of what, – what's your – how's your June been schedule-wise? What have you done with your guys in terms of games – we, we've had a different, we've had an array, a different array of responses on that. Like Kokomo is not doing a whole lot game wise. Yeah. Um, and we've had guys that are playing every week, you know, and, yeah, and we, what's, we your, don't, what's we don't, your approach on that? Yeah. We don't do any leagues. You know, I used to when I was at Union County and um, since I took the Dell job six years ago, uh, there's nothing, there's just nothing convenient. So mm-hmm. uh, we've just opted to do shootouts like a Purdue, you saw us there. Um mm-hmm. uh, we went to obviously the IBCA uh, All Star Classic on Saturday. Played a couple games there, um, so that's that's pretty much what we do. We try we try to structure everything on a Friday or Saturday. Um, it avoids conflicts with football. We have we have a ton of football guys. You know, it's just kind of the way it's been at Delta for years, and and so we work really well together, and uh, we we share our calendars for June and we make it work. And so I stay away from certain nights. And so we do everything on a Friday or Saturday. We go to super hoops this weekend. Uh, we go to Charlie Hughes and then, um, and then we finish the summer on Friday, June 30th, uh, with, uh, with our John Detweiler Memorial, uh, shootout. So we'll have about nine teams. Uh, Chad always brings Hamilton Heights down and, um, and we play down at, Williamsburg and Northeastern, and it, it raises money for the Williamsburg gym. Where, where is that? So, where is Williamsburg in relationship? To how do you, how do you not know that? That's where I was born and raised, man. Well, I don't. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> it's uh, it's on thirty. We talked about how so. we met before we yes. record, but it had nothing to do with where you were born and raised. I... So yeah, so uh, Williamsburg is uh, so if you if you leave Muncie. And you and you go to Richmond, you take okay. thirty five. Okay, uh, so it's a long name. And so thirty five runs through Williamsburg, uh, okay. one little one little stoplight town. It's where I grew up, where my parents grew up. 
Um, and the gym is still there. You know, it's one of those old, you know, kind of Hoosier-esque type of old gyms that my dad used to take care of uh, before he passed away in 2009. And uh, so since then, we've had, had a summer shoot out there to raise money to kind of for the upkeep of that gym. So that's how we wrap up our summer. Nice. Nice. Um, what? Well, Dominique, where do you want to go? Yeah. Um, I just actually had a question on you guys. You guys made it to the, uh, the semi-state uh, this past year, made it to the uh, championship game in the semi-state, lost to Northwood. But I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think of that new format? Right. One, one regional game two two semi-states. Now, did you see, you know, going through it, you know, it's not like you got beat out in the section or something. You actually got to go through it. So, you right. know, what did you learn or what did, what did you think about that new format? You know, um, just, and I've had people ask me that question quite often, like, you know, since then, but um, I, I think I like it. Uh, I, and, and what I, what I do like about it is, you know, like the, the sectional week is so busy, you know, most, most of the time you're playing three games. Um, and so your preparation for the sectional is, I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's tough. Um, and, and, and you survive it. What I, so what I did like about it, cause like, you know, I've, been through it a few times, fortunately, um, is, is you, you kind of take a breath, you know, going into that regional week, like, you know, okay, we got one opponent, you know, and, and so the preparation piece really beyond for that week was, uh, it, you know, was, was a breath of fresh air. Uh, and so I, I did like that, um, you know, and then I, I, I think what I do like, you know, kind of being maybe old school, you know, I'm old, um, I don't know if I'm old, as old as Reamer, but uh, but I'm old. Uh, is as I do like the I like the two game semi state. I I I just like the you know, before you you know kind of the last step before you're, you you know you 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 get to the state finals. You know you you got to earn it. You know with with two games, and so I I think I do like that. Cool, cool. And I was gonna say the the other question I had was kind of related on a, you know another change coming up this year with the new uh, rule change with the fouls. You know, resetting after every uh, quarter, five fouls. Now you're into the bonus. Um, and I believe we said Jim right. It's two two shots, not a one and one. Yeah, they've Did eliminated eliminated the kind one and one. Okay, kind of been a minute since I talked about. It. I couldn't remember, but yeah. So two shots. Now, what do you kind of think about that new rule? Or I know you probably you haven't know, played with it yet, but yeah, and I have and, and you know the interesting thing now, right now, we've only played five summer games, um, but we haven't been able to utilize it in the summer because you know the rules are different. Yeah, it's like eighteen stuff. minute halves, and you so you we still have the one one. Because I was I'm kind of I was kind of looking forward to the summer. Like okay, let's use it in the summer. And, and that way I can kind of see what I think about it. But I think we're going to go through all summer and not use it. Not using um, it for Charlie Hughes? Now, that that would probably be the only exception. I'm going to guess for Charlie Hughes. Maybe we will. That's, that's but, what we thought. But, but you know, you know when, the way a lot of the summer games are, it's like 18-minute halves, you know, so you don't play quarters. And so you can't really implement that rule because it's halves. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say, I, I think – I don't know that the average fan is going to notice much of a difference. Um, but I, what I do, I think you'll, you will notice some situations that, you know, we've kind of kicked around of, you know, that, that you see probably at the NBA level where you got fouls to give, mm -hmm. you know, so end of first quarter, 
you've only got three fouls and, you know, your opponent's got the ball working for the last shot. I think you'll see, you know, you're going to, you will see, you will see teams use a foul, um, you know, uh, strategically, I think maybe more, more so now uh, because of that. Um, I don't know if, you know, will it make the game a little more physical? I don't know. I mean, so I guess in theory, in theory, you do get, eight fouls and a half before you put your opponent on the free throw line. And, you know, if you say, you know, you got four fouls in the first quarter, you use them all in four fouls in the second quarter and you're still not putting your opponent on the line. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, and then uh, we'll be on both sides of it. You know, we'll, you know, we'll, it'll be late in the game and we'll wish our opponent had the one and one or we'll, you know, we'll have our 50% free throw shooter at the line late and we'll thank God he's got two. <laughs> well, I, I did a, I did a, did the math on it for somebody. We were having a discussion on it on a, on a forum. And I think I came up with six fewer free throws per team per game on average. Um, oh, okay. It wasn't, and I don't know what I was calculating in terms of shooting fouls. You know, maybe maybe half. Let's say half of them were shooting fouls. I think half of the the non bonus fouls were shooting fouls. Yeah, so I think I think I came down with on average you're going to get about six fewer free throws per game. I'll be interested to see if it plays out that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will too. The the semi state stuff that that Dominique asked we we did a whole episode on that and and I can't remember how we each came down on it. I I I liked it overall. I I got. You get more regional championships, and that makes some people feel better, right? You know, um, you get more, and you get more tickets, ticket sales for another for an additional week. But right, I think that was part of the motivation why they were were yeah. doing that. Now, what I what I didn't like for us, it was just you know, draw the the, the draw piece as far as your site. Uh, you know, we got sent to Elkhart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so being sent to Elkhart, which was in Northwood's backyard, um, you know, was just interesting. Um, yeah, they right? had a couple fans, right? They had just a couple. Oh, my there. gosh. Well, they <laughs> – well they and Wolfie would tell you, yeah, well, for three years he had to go to Newcastle. Yes, he, and for he their, did tell me for their, Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did tell me that. He yes. got, he's not – you're not getting any sympathy from Wolfie on that oh, one. No. Can... no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not even close. Uh, but, he's you know, he's patching the back and – Feel sorry for you in the moment, but yeah. <laughs> to look up at the seven thousand Northwood fans and I know. Oh my gosh, yes. yes. And all of them showed up at Gamebridge too. I took a picture. <laughs> he retweeted it. He retweeted it before the I think he retweeted it before the game. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch of them. You got everybody back, basically, right? We we do you know now you know, we we had five seniors uh, who were just tremendous for us. Now three of them hardly ever saw the floor. There were nights they didn't, but they were just tremendous athletes. Um, you know uh, that are actually all going on to play football at the, uh, the college level. Uh, so they were great bodies to have in practice. Uh, but Blake Jones, you know, was guard to start started for. He's gone. wasn't a big scorer, but uh, just tremendous competitor and grit guy. You know, one of those. He was our a guy we'd put on opponents' best scores, and so we're going. We will miss that, you know. I mean, I, I think as much as our guys think, hey, we got all of our scoring back, and yeah, we have about ninety five percent of our scoring back. You know, we're going to miss that dude uh, because 
and we could always put him on people and he would just frustrate the heck out of guys. And so we are going to have to replace that, but we will, we'll have six seniors, uh, you know, that'll play a lot. Uh, and then we'll, we got, uh, Jaden Fernie's little brother, Jordan Fernie, who will be a junior who will log a lot of minutes for us. So, uh, those seven guys will chew up a lot of time for us. And, and hoods development. He's, I mean, he's a kid that I've seen a decent amount this spring. I've been right. pretty impressed with him. He's, he is under the radar right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm telling his, his recruitment is starting to heat up a little bit, but he, I, he can, he can do a lot of things. He's been tremendous this spring. Uh, and you, you mentioned his development mentally, his development has, has, has been much you know better the last six months. I love where he's at. Um, uh, and I, I told him as the season ended, um, you are where I had hoped you would be after your junior year. You know, that was the best compliment. Yeah. You were where I'd hoped you would be. Cause I think he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that can just take over a game and he is right now for us at times. Tell us a little bit more about him as far as size, positioning, skill set. I mean, yeah. I've seen him, but they'd rather hear it from you. Yeah. I mean, he's got great length, six, three, he's pushing six, four, you know, he's, um, you know, he, he leaps well. Um, he's, he's one of those, he's a, he's a handsy type of player. You know what I mean by that is, um, he's, he's constantly playing for deflections. Uh, that's what I love about him. I mean, he just brings a ton of energy and, um, you know, just makes a lot of plays happen. So, um, you know, he's really, really good in the open floor. Um, you know, and, and he's, he's shooting the ball well now too. So we've kind of focused on his whole off season here has been about ball quickness, um, making his, making his bounce a little bit quicker so he can, you know, get by more people. I thought at times last year w- when he struggled, it's been, you know, settling a little bit and you know, not being able to get by somebody. So I'm just going to pull up. Um, and, and so he's, he's getting a little bit better in that area. So, um, I love where he's at right now. I think he's, he's a guy that's, you know, his recruitment's just going to take off. Cool coach. I was going to say, um, can you talk about – you said you went to Purdue camp uh, last week. Who did you guys play? How did those games kind of go for you? Yeah, we played a, a team out of Illinois, Streeter. Um, and that one we, we won by about 40. Um, and, you know, and I thought, well, they're not very good. And I turned around and I watched them beat somebody in overtime in the second game. But that's kind of the way those one-day shootouts go. Um, and then West, we played Westfield um, in our second game. Uh, and it was a good ball game. Uh, we led for a majority of it, and then they went on an 8-0 run. We had a two- or three-point lead. They went on an 8-0 run, one by five. Um, mm. And, you know, but uh, that, it was it was a, a well-played game, I thought, by the part on, on both teams. And um, and then the last game was against Heritage Hills. Um, and I know Nate Hawkins, you know, he's a, he does a great job. They, they didn't have Sicily, but um, – and that one we ended up winning, I think, by 25 – Okay. You so, know the, uh, go ahead, Dominic. I'm sorry. No, I was just, I was just gonna say. So, I, with with these different shootouts and things like that, do you have any type of say on like who you guys want to play, or can you request anything, or just whoever they put you with there? Uh, you know, that most of the time it's whoever they put us with. You know, that one Purdue was a, a quote big school shootout, so we we knew we would see some some good talent. Um, and then that super hoops, they'll you know a lot of times, uh, Coach Tonigal will 
he'll put us in either the A pool or a B pool, depending on how teams shake out. So we'll either this weekend in the in Superb's team camp will be either in the top pool or, or B. Um, and then again, that always depends on number of teams, uh, you know, that, that attend that camp. So, um, so we'll see really good competition this weekend, play probably 10 games up at Super Hoops. Um, and then Charlie Hughes, you know, we'll obviously see good competition there. So uh, we, you know, we, uh, I, you know, to be honest in the summer, you know, I, I keep things simple with, you know, we, you know, we're a motion type of team and we just drill on concepts. Uh, you know, uh, Jim's watched our teams play some, but we, and we zone quite a bit. Uh, you know, our zone has been really, really good to us over the years. And It's a bad word, uh, coach. I, yeah, I know it is. I know it is. But, you know, as, as a young coach, uh, I was probably 70% man, 30% zone. Um, in my last 15 years, uh, we've probably flipped that, and we win a heck of a lot more, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> we, we win more, I'll say that. I'll, I'll say, so in, in the, 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 this group, you know, that we're talking about, um, very athletic, very competitive group. Uh, just that's that's what I love about them. Um, they they are probably the most competitive guys I've been around in my career, um, and they fought me on our zone all went all all season. I mean, like they did not want a zone. Uh, I mean, it was almost like a pride thing with them. And you know, and and we you know we get into our conference schedule, and we've always zoned quite a bit. You know, I mean, you know. Uh, especially when we get our conference, our league, um, Mount Vernon, New Pal, teams like that, and where I just feel like we need to zone more. And Manfield. and they've struggled against our zone, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that coaches, uh, the the older I get, the, the, I think the more I realize that young coaches don't like to spend a lot of time on zone offense. And, and so we zone uh, because I just think teams don't invest in it a lot. Uh, so it's been good to us. But this team fought me all, you know, we got into our conference schedule, the meat of our schedule in January. We started zoning more and they'd come over between quarters and just, you know, gripe at me, you know, let's get out of this zone, get out of the zone. As soon as we get out of the zone, our opponent would go on a 12 nothing run. The game would be over, you know. Um, <laughs> and then once we got to the we, – once we got to February, uh, you know, they, they started to understand rotations out of it and, and communication was better. Um, and I'll say this, we – we manned Centerville um, the first night of the sectional in the first half. And I want to say we might have been up one or two at the half, maybe three. We went zoned um, the second half of the first game of the sectional. We ended up blowing them out. Uh, we never came out of it. You know, uh, the the postseason run, we never – and I couldn't get it to go, man. You know? So, uh, that was kind of the evolution. They, they they bought into it. They loved it. And they realized guys like, you know, guys like Damari Hood would stay out of foul trouble. You know, I mentioned how handsy he is, you know, and um, they were staying out of foul trouble. So, the, and the result was they were on the floor more minutes and we got better. You really didn't have a bad loss last year, did you? Uh I mean, the, no, in terms of the caliber of the team. No, like, no. Uh, I mean, look at your schedule right now. Oh, you go 19 and 10. There's not a bad loss in there. I mean, no. Wabash is as good as they've been mm -hmm. probably ever. Yeah, and that was the night Wars dislocated the shoulder. Um, 
and and set the, the entire second half. Um, so, you know, we played without him, had a shot to win it at the end without him. Uh, but Wabash was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you go down through, and, and we said that like our our schedule this year, statistically speaking, you know, where we ranked was the highest it's been at Delta in many years. Um, you know, you, you go through that list of teams, man. I mean, um, there there was not a bad loss. There there really wasn't. You know, New Pal uh, Greenfield had one loss at the time we played them. You know, mm-hmm. Wapahani we played twice in a two week stretch. Uh, and, you know, they had one loss, I think, at the time. Uh, so we went through a stretch there. It was a gauntlet, man. We just had to survive it. So uh, you gotta, and, I'm not going to not going to name them, but you got a couple of tight wins that were probably maybe some of your worst, worst games of the year. Maybe. I don't know. It, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, that, that's do right. You, do you find that I've, I've been on a big kick? Not that it's not the topic of a lot of pods, but just conversationally about how raked over the coals some of these North Central Conference schools have been over the years for various reasons. Um, do you find that you are you getting guys from Muncie Central from the, from Muncie District it, that yeah still live in Muncie but end up going to Delta? Like do you yes. get player you get players out of that? We we have yeah we uh, in, in our district is the north side of Muncie, you know, right. that, well, that's the, the edge of our district obviously runs out into the, you know, rural areas here where I live, but, um, but you know, we, the north side of Muncie. Um, and so, so yes, we, we have, we have had, uh, and, and uh, Yorktown would say the same thing. Us in Yorktown mm-hmm. benefited, you right. know, just as the Madison County schools, Absolutely. you know, have benefited from things that have gone on in Anderson. So, so yeah. Um, and when, but when they come, um, most of the time they come in elementary school or middle school, you know, yeah. they come, at, they do, they've, you know, they've, they've come at young ages, um, you know, so it's not like we're getting high school transfers or anything out of Muncie. That just really doesn't happen. We just, they come when they're young and, and they stay. They stay. Cause you, cause you're, I mean, obviously you, you've got a whole program approach there that, that you brought with you when you were at Union County. I mean, I don't think yeah. people realize how much you won at Union County, um, especially there in the early tens, right? 12, 13, right. 14. I mean, you, right. You won 18 games or more four years in a row. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that, that. We had a great run. And, um, you know, I was telling actually one of our dads today, you know, he was asked because we've got, we have a really talented incoming seventh grade class. And I told him it's the best, it's the best grade I've had in my career. Uh, and I, and I mentioned that class, you just mentioned Union County. I said, I had class right. in Union County in 2012 that, you know, it, it took Park Tudor and Yogi Farrell and Trevon Blewett to put them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, but, but that grade level, uh, was like this, you know, so yeah, we had a good run there and, uh, we're fortunate to just have some great families at the time and in a small school, uh, setting that we're committed to winning, you know, it wasn't so much what we did as a program it's you know we just had families that just you know can i mention this group a very competitive group they were they were like that but this was the furthest you had traveled in the tournament though this year right for as yes. a coach as a coach yeah. yep yes yes dominique anything before i go off the rails with this next question 
Yeah, I'll jump in really quick with a question. <laughs> good. Any, good, any, it, gets, uh, it might get a little silly after this one. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any, like I said, we just talked about your schedule, and I'm, I had it up the whole time. And I mean, you guys started off the year with, uh, to me, I thought it was a shock. You beat Connorsville. I was thinking Connorsville had some oh, talent right. coming back, and and uh, you know, it wasn't. It was at it was at Delta, but you know, you started off the year with a win. Like I said. Uh, all the losses we've talked about were all really good teams, but any, any type of new changes, any teams you dropped, picked up at all coming up this year, or everything pretty much the same for you guys? Uh, the, 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 everything's pretty much the same. Um, and it, the, we did drop Wabash um, and added Centerville. Uh, they're in our sectional now. So, um, so that, that's one change. And then we had we host a holiday tournament. Actually, Brent Ross and I share it. It rotates between Northeastern and us. Comes back to our place, um, and that whole field has changed. We're actually at seven teams right now, uh, so we're looking for one more. Um, and just off the top, of my Muncie Central is going to be in it. Um, Columbia City, and trying to think uh, who else we've got rolling into that. Uh, I think a team, uh, Fort Wayne, I think Fort Wayne Concordia. Um, so that tournament, Win Winchester's in it, Northeastern's still in it. So that tournament will take on a different look. Um, you know, I'd like to get one more good quality team in there, but I think that'll be a really good competitive uh, holiday tournament for us uh, at our place. And then the rest of it, you know, uh, pretty much stays the same. That's a great cool. question, Dominique. And it, led, it leads me to something that I've – after the after you guys beat Connorsville, I texted and I and I really didn't know have a great feel for what you had. So I and plus we all kind of thought Connorsville was you know going to be one of the top teams in three A and and, and, they, and they were, were. yeah they, they were, were. Yeah. but I texted Carrie after the game I said how in the world did you lose to or to Delta he texted back one word he said Detweiler that's it <laughs> I remember you go. said that that's that's the respect <laughs> that's respect right you're like a one word. There's, jo there's Jordan, there's LeBron, there's Detweiler. There's only one Detweiler in the state of Indiana. Well, you mentioned those 10 losses. I'm sure our parents probably yeah. use that one word too. There's, there's one Detweiler. There's three Mike McBrides. So that leads me to this question here. As much as we talk about the Crossroads League at the NAI level, every now and then I catch some flack from our favorite NAI coach, Coach McBride at Holy Cross. What does he have to do to be a better coach? <laughs> what does he need to do to be a better coach at Holy Cross and win his second coach of the year? He was NAIA coach of the year, so I was yeah. kid. But uh, I know he's tremendous. <laughs> we could we could spend a whole podcast talking about him. We could. Well, we could. I'm, I'm thinking about just having you and Ballinger and him on one day, and oh, that'd be great. I know part of it would just be making fun of me, but. And you'd have to bleep out a lot of it. <laughs> no, we'd have to just mark it explicit. That's fine. I'd... I've I've been the one that slipped up on this group. <laughs> we got a, we got a bunch of choir boys podcasting with me. I'm the, I'm Is that the, right? I'm the Is wild right? card. Luckily it's my dime, uh... I guess, so to speak. So it's fine. But do you, um, you obviously have a great respect for the crossroads leagues and all the NAI schools in the state. Cause we do, we talk yeah. about it a lot. There's, there's a void of division two schools in the state of Indiana. Right. Yeah. And so that, I think that really helps the crossroads league. Do you have 
um, what's the recruiting like? Like how, you know, how do you, you guys, you get your guys like, you know, you had Josh Bryant who right. obviously had opportunities right away to get scholarships, but chose to be a walk on at ball state. Then he went to Marion. Of course he's had, I think he's had a pretty good run at Marion right. so far. Yeah. That's obviously a kid, I guess, shared is the, is a good word, right? He played for us in the summers um, with your help. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. And how have you, have you pushed, I don't know how to explain it. Have you pushed, how have you handled the recruiting with some of your guys? Because it's not like it's a string of D1 guys coming out of there. Right. Yeah. How hard is it no. to get, is it hard to get those schools in or what, tell me a little bit about that. I, guess. No, I don't I know mean, what the hell I, I'm asking. And that's, that's, that's part of the reason why I think we, we try to play some of the things we do, uh, you know, especially, you know, around here, whether it's St. Francis, you know, Indiana Wesley and some of the things that we do uh, where our guys can kind of get seen. Uh, but, uh, but now, I mean, I've been in it long enough. I feel like we I've got a good rapport with the coaches and, um, I love, I love that NAI love. It's just great basketball and great programs, you know, that, you know, I mentioned St. Francis and, um, you know, I and, uh, and of course McBride up, you know, the whole across does a tremendous job. And, um, no, I mean, and, and so, uh, I, I, I think I know them well enough you know, at that level that they trust, you know, guys that we're going to send them, um, and, you know, like you mentioned Josh Bryan and, you know, Brady Hunt would have been at that level, you know, if it weren't mm -hmm. for, you know, the fact that he's uh, at Ball State playing football and, and may get drafted at some point now. So that clearly was a good choice for him. Is the QB thing working out? What is he? He was QB, but they, but they moved, moved him tight end. Oh, there you go. And okay. he, he right now, he looks like an NFL tight end guy. Um, so he oh, came in and saw yeah, him today. Oh, he's tremendous. Yeah. So he came in and spoke to our campers today and, um, you know, he, he looks the part, I, you know, and I, and he, he very well might be playing on Sundays in a couple of years. So that was a good move for him. I know Tonigal hated it because Indiana Wesleyan was all over him. Um, you know, his, his but COVID COVID just kind of killed him. You know, he, you know, and I mentioned today he was his junior year, uh, basketball was number one and football was a, a very close second. And then COVID hit dried up all the recruitment you know mm -hmm. um so we've done entire episodes we, yeah. we've done entire episodes on that we, we yeah we, yep and he went the football route but that was the right move for him so but no i you know for for us you know a lot of it is we stay in touch uh, we, you know like you mentioned hood uh he's got some of those NAIA schools um looking at him they invite him up for open gym you know this time of the year and different things like that and um and I, he'll be a good fit there uh, I feel bad for the Wars kid, you know, because Jackson's, you know, had surgery 12 days ago. Um, Did he? Wow. And so he's out all summer. So we'll, we'll, we'll play without him all summer. Um, and he won't, he won't be shooting uh, with that shoulder until September. So, uh, but he had to get it done, man. I mean, it I mean, God love the kid. Uh, he, he put on a tremendous show for us, especially in the postseason, carried us in, at times. And uh, he's a, he's a unique player though. Um, you know, it makes to see what he looks like healthy now next year because he's he does so much of his game off the dribble uh, and attacking guys. He's a, he's he's a violent driver, um, you know. And I'm anxious to see 
you know, with a healthy shooting shoulder, uh, how well he shoots the three. Because if if he's going to go on and play uh, at, say, the NAIA level, he needs to be able to knock down the three consistently. That's got to be a piece to his game. But his ability to get to the rim is is uh, exceptional. See, there's another Carmel kid getting a semi-state. That's good. <laughs> That's right. Everybody said Carmel didn't do very well. What are you talking about? Garen Catholic got to the state finals. <laughs> hell are you talking about the uh dominique you got anything no i think i'm good i mean zach usually zach usually comes out with a last one at the end we there's usually four of us doing this so it's kind of around it's kind of around robin and we bounce off each other and and um i did want to throw in the mcbride part because he was complaining about us not talking about him enough (laughs) i was like i didn't know you listened he's like yeah he does He'll see your name and he'll listen now. I'll tell you the last the last piece of our guys, you know, and just to you know, not to kill time, but um, kill the it. point guard, the the little guard force uh, that oh, yeah. hit the hit the three in the morning game of the semi state. Um, to yeah, talk to about win. talk about your other guys. Go just riff. Yeah, on. yeah, no, uh, but that's what you part of it. Share some of the the background of that. You know, it, uh, Johnny Maynard uh, as, as our point guard and uh, and. And he's he is tremendous. He's he's not being recruited right now, but I think, uh, man, he's a true point guard. Um, and his to kind of give you the lineage there. Um, so his his family is the Lynch family, Billy Lynch, okay. uh, who was the Trester Award winner, um, and was on the '97 uh, state finals team. So. So, you know, that whole, he's part of that family and he plays like, he plays like Billy did. Um, he's just a, a tough, hard nosed kid. And, um, so I, he's another one, you know, cause again, you know, I, I think every college coach would tell you, you know, uh, they want a point guard, they want a six, nine guy. Um, and you know, he is, he's a point guard that, uh, you know, I'm anxious to see next year cause he's always been so undersized. Uh, he also plays football. He he now looks the part where I think uh, maybe some guys at the next level can look at him and say okay uh, because he's just got a tremendous he's a winner uh, he's just a winner and so um, I'm anxious to see what he looks like now uh, you know coming up here in the off season and and, and next year um, and then you know I mentioned the Fernie brothers you know their dad played on that Muncie South team that was state you know state champions oh, um, really? okay yeah. Yeah, uh, Dustin Fernie uh, was on uh, Rick Baumgartner's team there from South. Um, has that been twenty years ago now? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty close. One of the early, one of the early class basketball wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got some good lineage there with the group we've got. You know, uh, who this their families were winners, and so the Fernie boys uh, are are going to be impact type of guys for us, and. Uh, and then, and then you know, and then every team has that dude. You know, we got uh, CJ Jones, which I mentioned Blake Jones earlier. Uh, so CJ's uh, his brother, six uh, three guy that is just that. You know, I'll get you open type of guy. You know, just let me get you open, and um, and so we got and, and and a guy that I don't have to score. You know, so every team full of scores. And that's let's face it, and that we battled that this year with this group. You know, uh, we we. We finally was we had three different guys, uh, Fernie and Hood and, and Wars that I think at different times all scored over twenty five. Uh, 
Um, you know, but it was almost like they had to do that. They had to just kind of get over themselves uh, and get their egos out of the way. Uh, so it's nice to have a guy like Jones who doesn't have an ego and like, Hey, I'll just get you open and let you, you know, do all the scoring. Uh, and then, and then another guy that is our last under the radar guy that'll start for us uh, every game next year is Caden Bond. Uh, Caden Bond is, uh, it, well, we, we started our first game of the summer. He got the first eight points, you know, the, to start our summer season. Um, he, he's just one of those dudes that finds buckets. And so we got a lot of weapons, you know, feel like we've got depth. Um, and, and we looked apart this year, the, the, the Northwood put us out, man, they, they had so much size and rebounding. If, if there's a chink in our armor, it would be, uh, it would be the rebounding piece. That's the, you know, the thing we've been on in the off season here, like, Okay, you you remember how your season ended uh, with Northwood just getting every rebound that they wanted to get? Uh, are we going to be able to, you know, go any further? And if if we are going to go any further, it's going to be uh, because we can rebound. Not not a lot of teams return as much firepower as you do. I don't think so. No. At least I statistically, I mean, right? There there might be some hidden gems that, especially you know. Indy area schools or you know, right. somebody that might step up. I mean, Gary Catholic's still going to be strong. and Yes. And I think South Bend, Washington is going to be somebody you're going to have to contend with. And, and um, you know, that's just up. Well, no, Garen's yeah. south, right? Yeah, Garen's yeah, south. Yeah, Garen's so. south. But yeah, Northwood's, still south. Gonna, Northwood's still going to be good. They are, yeah. would have been It would have been in that discussion, but they've lost <laughs> two of their top three guys now, so. Well, I think the other the interesting thing too is going to be this IHSA decision on, you know, the classes whether they table it, right? And I think that that won't impact this year. No, no. But what? uh, Well, what it can impact though, um, well, because I think if they vote on it, it, I think it might roll into effect this coming year. No, Um, I really think it might. I. If I'm, I may be mistaken on that, but I think it's going. I think that they vote on. But I, I also know talking to people, there seems to be a chance they think it might get tabled again. You know, and there's a lot of those things. It seems like it happens, it just gets tabled time and time again until they're sure. That, but if it that happens, wouldn't be that wouldn't be fair. This late in the game. I mean, I don't know what. I, I, I say know, it wouldn't but, be fair. I don't know how else you plan, know. how else you prepare for. It. It's not like you go out and recruit kids. <laughs> no, but it's just, what, so what? What? What it's going to mean? If they Nobody use, recruits if they those numbers. If they use those numbers, the enrollment numbers to classify, uh, then it's going to push teams like Mount Vernon, Cathedral, uh, uh, yeah, Cathedral, <laughs> yes, yes, uh, in into three A, yes. So it, it could change sectionals. You know, it changes everybody's path. So, uh, so yes, I mean, if if that goes through. You know, then it does, you know, have some implications. Well, that certainly would. Yeah. I would be shocked that they, I wouldn't be shocked that it, that it went through. I think there's a, you know, I don't know, talking to Chris Hawkins, of course, he's also the athletics director at Christmas Attic. So he's getting yeah. both, he's in both rooms, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the way it was explained to me, not by him. But the way it was explained to me it was the only the the one that was presented to the IHSA was the one of three options they thought would pass. He felt like it was going to pass and was surprised that it was tabled. Yeah, um, I would be shocked if they passed it right now and then implemented it immediately. 
I, I know with it being June, I I know if it would have passed in May, I yeah, I get it. But man, you're you know I mean I don't know what changes, but right because again, it's not like you have a chance to alter your roster based on who else is going to be your competition, but right. Um, and we just watched. I just watched Cathedral today. Kyler and I. Kyler is not not in here right now, but we we watched Cathedral today, and and you know they're going to be they're not going to be as good as they were, but they're going to be good. Oh yeah, uh, Christmas Addicts looked really good today. Yeah, and I know it's June, but right. I mean, Carmel looked great at Purdue. Yes, <laughs> you know I've. I'm on record. I think next year is going to be an interesting year for Carmel, but they looked they looked really good. Now they they wouldn't be impacted by this at all. In fact, they're probably the reason why people want this. <laughs> I, I, that's part of it. I think. Which that's it, fine. It Everybody is. versus Carmel. I'm good with that. I know. I know. I know. And I don't know how I feel about it. It's just you know I, how many well, times no do what, you have to read? Yeah, exactly. No matter how what you do, someone's going to end up complaining. Right. And you know when going back to McBride when he and I were at Eminence the fifth smallest public school in the state of Indiana, we we did not want our principal to vote for class basketball. Yeah, right. And he yeah. and God love him, he came to us and we had a meeting on it. But he but it was after like the first vote whatever the first vote was, he voted for it. And we we're like, no, yeah. we we don't want it. Well and, and again you you're from the, the same era, you know, and, and um as much as as much as I want to win a state title, and then we got a chance to with, with a group of you know things fall right, you can make a run. You know, you always have those groups you know come through every ten mm. or twelve years for you as a coach. Um, that wasn't the reason why I got into this business. That's right. not like you know, like hey, you know that that's why we do this is to win state championships. Um, you know, and and let's face it, I mean, a lot of the discussion and the changes seem to be about all about well what can we do to make it more fair so teams can advance in the postseason correct uh, and i and i look i've i've coached kids at all four from all four classes that have won state titles so it's been it's been fun it's been you know right. even holsinger jason at holsinger at lapel watching that run in 2005 and of course that's jimmy howe and jr who's now the head coach right zionsville and and there have been a lot of good stories that have come out of it. We've joked in the past where Mike Wade, I know he had a year in Crown Point, but Mike Wade leaves Blue River Valley, take, you know, and eventually the year later ends up at Kokomo. And yes, you know, Mobby, Coach Mobby leaves Kokomo and goes to Lewis Cass. And we all thought, well, shoot, Mobby got a better job. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then had a great run at Lewis Cass. So, and the proof yeah. was right. I mean, he's, he walked into a, better situation all because kokomo wouldn't let him not teach right yeah Did yeah that played out <laughs> yes i'm sorry is that why carrie went to rushville yes that is why. <laughs> you heard some yeah. of the crap on that uh a little but not yeah i mean not a lot you know uh, yeah I, I i think there was sound like it been enough change in administration at connorsville yeah. You know, and he was just button heads, you know, didn't get what he what he wanted. Well, and then they were and then they were and I didn't get this from him. I got this from a teacher at Carmel who will remain nameless, but yeah. her wall her pictures on the wall very prominently in Rushville's gym. 
they're pretty petty on the way out. Oh, really? Yeah. Like not not releasing him from whatever it is you get released. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I, for some reason, he couldn't. Oh, he couldn't do things at Rushville during May. Interesting. Yeah, basically. So he couldn't <laughs> even. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how that works. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good way to do it. It doesn't seem like a good way to handle things. But no, no, not at all. But I tell you, you know, and again, I'm 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 almost at age too. There, there's some of these guys that are a little older than me right now, um, that because of the rule changes with retirement uh, at the state level, you can retire and and stay out, basically mm-hmm. stay out 30 days. It used to be 90, um, which would pretty much prohibit you from getting another job because it was 90 days. But now you stay out 30 and and you can start collecting your pension if you're eligible for it hmm. and and then and then take another job. So, yeah, see some of those dynamics. I'm not since I'm not yeah. a teacher. I so just... it's a pretty good deal for some of these people that, you know, that are, you know, that, that, that's called the rule of 85. Once your years experience plus your age equals 85 as a teacher, uh, you're eligible to start collecting your pension. And. And so, you know, uh, like technically in two years, I'm, I hit that rule of 85 in two years. In theory, if I wanted to retire, I could start collecting my pension and then go down the road and coach and teach somewhere else. Yeah. And just sock that money away. <laughs> At Delta, do so, you have to be on staff to be a coach uh, or be a head coach? No, I mean, no, we, we have a ton of non-teaching coaches now. Uh, now, boys, I will say. They, they, they have tried to protect it with basketball and football. Well, that's the know. way the rule used to be. The ITSA yeah. rule used to be, too. So. Right, yeah. And when we still – they still try to, you know, most of your 3A and 4A schools, you know, I mean, they still try to try to keep those key, key positions in the building. Mm-hmm. And so – and, yeah, we, we do. Ours are, you know, in the building. It's usually for the better, anyway. I mean, it is. Coaches, oh my gosh, yes. you got to get lay coaches to sometimes fill yeah. positions, but it's you just make people accountable. So yeah, well, my my entire staff, my, my entire staff next year is out of the building. You know. Oh really? Yeah, every one of my assistants, you know, my middle school coaches, they're all. Uh, there's not one of them next year that's in the building. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be the first time at Delta. So. Yep. Cool. Dominique, anything else? That's it for me. Anything popped to mind? Coach, I, we appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, good for, catching uh, up with you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. And um, we'll we'll work on that. McBride, Ballinger. Absolutely. Anybody else we need to get on that, we'll we'll do that. It'll be like in August, something we do in August when we don't have anything else to talk about. Let's let's do it. Yeah, let, let's do that. Let's make that happen. All right, Coach. Appreciate it, man. Right, thank man. for thank yep, you for your I'll time. See you. Yep, take care. Thanks, Coach. We'll see you. Thanks. Discovery, go at throttle up. Appreciate Coach Detweiler for being on with us. Uh, he's His Delta squad is going to have a good year. Coach Richardson from Scottsburg was going to be a later guest for us, and we are going to get with him next week. Uh, but we are, um, Dominique and I are hanging on here. We're going to talk about some of the stuff we've seen here the last, especially the last week. Uh, what what have you seen as far as teams and team-wise – the, the the last well we talked about what since last weekend yeah i uh 
I was able to get over to St. Francis on Thursday, last Thursday, and um, watched Wayne play Homestead. That was a a big game last year at the in the sectional championship where Wayne beat him on a last second shot. Um, but no, it was a it was a good game. And Wayne, just to mention Wayne, they got a transfer from Concordia, uh, Kalen Williams Thomas, who I thought was going to have a really nice year for Concordia going into his junior year, class of 2025. But he's starting for Wayne now as their third guard. So their backcourt was obviously Javon Lewis and Chase Barnes. Then they add uh, Thomas, Williams Thomas, as well, along with Preston Comer and, and Trey Dillard. So, uh, you know, they lost Monty Smith. That was kind of a, a void they were trying to fill. And Kalen's going to be a really nice piece for them. Um, and Wayne was able to to win that one. These Some of these uh, summer league games are uh, – you know, they put what 16 minutes on the clock and let it run you know and and mm-hmm. and uh i think at this event that you know you make one free throw to to get two points um uh, so some of these things are you know Wayne i thought Wayne you know by watching the game i would have guessed if i wouldn't have looked at the score the whole time i would have guessed Wayne won by probably 15 plus and they ended up winning by 8 um but yeah they they definitely look like a contender in the north um will jameson for homestead was really good um, he, he kind of scored it whenever he wanted. I, I do want to see him score from the perimeter more, uh, but he can, he can really, his lower body is really strong. It's gotten even stronger since the last time I seen him in March in the sectional. And he just kind of gets past guys and, and finishes out the rim really well. It, you know, had a couple mid range jumpers, pull-ups, floaters. He was really good for home. So he's really kept a minute, but, uh, but yeah, Wayne Wayne was really good, and I know they've been playing in a lot of shootouts and winning a lot of games so far this June. Yeah, Byron said they were going to be playing quite a bit. Yeah, I think they yeah, I, the next day. I think they played at PFW. Yeah, on Friday, so I've Saturday seen, maybe. I've seen the pools for Charlie Hughes. Have Have you seen those yet? Um, I've seen the teams. But have you not seen the pools? I didn't. I didn't think those were out unless I missed them. Yeah. On well, the exposure so, stuff, or yeah, assuming what I've been sent holds true, their Charlie Hughes pool will be Ben Davis, Carmel, Brownsburg, and Fort Wayne Wayne. Oh, that'd be nice. That's some fun strong games. Pool. Yeah, yeah. Not that the other Absolutely. pools aren't strong. Pool B is Center Grove, Kokomo, Lawrence, North, and Mount Vernon. And then Fishers, Chesterton, Plainfield, and Jeffersonville, Cathedral, Penn, Noblesville, and Warren Central, Attics, Brownstown Central, Crown Point, and Westfield. And in Hawkins' case, he was he was upset because not really maybe upset's too strong of a word, but his comment was, "We've already played two of these teams." Yeah, they have played Brownstown, and yeah. So if these are the pools then i mean no matter how they shake that down it's going to be some good basketball games i mean but absolutely you said that's out there or that's just sent something sent to you well it's it so it was sent to me chris hawkins sent it to me so but it's from the exposure app so i'm assuming i'm on there i've been on there and it says the schedule will be released tomorrow now it's supposed to be tonight well look up yeah I, i'm on here it just has the team list 
the venues and the standings. But there's nothing own, on. It is standings. its own app, isn't it, Charlie Hughes? Is it its own app, correct? I'm I'm just on the website on the computer. I'm not sure about the app. Oh. Uh, well, that's what it would have been. Hold on a second, Charlie. I got like I said, I got a team list, a venue list, and then uh, standings, but they don't see anything about pools. Check out check standings. Yeah, standings what, doesn't have anything. Oh, really? I click on it and it says, what does it say? This content is currently not available. Huh. Well, let's check. It came from that. So that's, it, it's possible they, it's possible they've redone it. Yeah. Could have been it's up also, and took it down maybe. But it's also possible that, that they took it down because they're not ready yet. Hold on. Divisions, varsity, standings. Yeah, I got it right here. I'm able to on see it right here. Yep, on the app. Go to the Exposure app and then search for Charlie Hughes, and it's there. But enough, I mean, we probably shouldn't vet that out while we're recording, but, it does, but it's too late. But it, it, doesn't have a, uh, it doesn't have a schedule just who's in the pool. Correct, yes. Okay. Yes. Let me double check that. I know, I know. Um, yeah, it does not have a schedule. It just has standings and teams. I know Peck and Paul said that Kokomo is only playing on Friday. I oh, believe. really? So, yeah, just Friday for them two games. Um, so I don't know that, how that will shake up because I, I, I don't, I, if I remember right last year, I don't think every, I don't think you play every team in your pool. I don't believe. No, last year was different. I, and it may end up being different. I don't know. They, They'll play two games on. I don't know if they'll do like a pool play thing, and then you play a cross pool game. That's what it was last with, year with I your believe. with your mirror. The last year they just had four games scheduled. Yeah, everyone played four games. Correct, but this year they're they might be doing pool games, and then you play your mirror. So first place, first, second place, second, hmm. with a different okay. pool. So like pool A will play pool B. Okay. Yeah, I, it, I think just playing Fridays, no offense to John's kind of a mistake because I think, again, that's an open weekend. You, you take away well, op opportunities to get seen by colleges. That's the only thing. I Flory doesn't need it, but other guys might. Yeah, and I was thinking last year was the one of those top camps right on that Saturday and Sunday that Flory had to go to or something, uh, I believe. Uh, so I don't know if that would – yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But other guys need the views too, though. So Yeah. But he also just had a baby. So come on the pod and have a baby. <laughs> Sent that text to him today. He's like, LOL. What um you watch the futures games? I assume you streamed that on No, I was there. Oh, you went to him? Oh, cool. Yeah, I was in the yeah, I was in the building at Gamebridge on what was that Saturday? Saturday afternoon. Um, it was a really good game. Uh, it was competitive. It's called you know like an all star game, but it was it was definitely not that. It was competitive. Guys were playing really hard, getting yeah. after it. It was yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, I thought the South had a you know a better overall team, um, and they were up twenty most of the game, but. Uh, the North came back and took the lead by one or three, one of those, one, two or three points. 
towards the end, but couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't pull it out. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of guys that kind of stood out. Guys, guys that we've, ask who did that? Who stood out? Yeah, guys, we've talked about guys we haven't talked about a lot, but just you know, not really going in order. Just off the top of my mind, Terey Howell was really good. He played 11 minutes in the whole game and had 12 points. Uh, lightning quick. Couldn't couldn't really stay in front of him. He's hitting shots from the perimeter. Uh, he just provided a spark that was uh, was needed as well for the South. They were really good, or he was really good for them off the bench. Like I said, only got 11 minutes, but uh, definitely made the most of those. Um, There's a lot of guys from the South. Brendan Miller was really impressive. Lawrence North, the freshman rising sophomore. Right. Um, man, he, his ability to face up and shoot it at 6'6 from the perimeter – he had 10 points, 11 rebounds. He had to guard Flory for uh, a good amount of time. And he, you know, he played really hard, right? He was trying to be as physical as possible. Uh, just love his competitiveness. Uh, Desmond Briscoe had like seven fouls, I think. They didn't let him. They, he, had, he had five fouls in the first quarter. Um, and they didn't, they, they motioned like put the five up like he fouled out. And they took him out. So we were like, is he really done for the game? And the I guess it wouldn't have been the first quarter. They played two halves. So it was like the first right. like it was in That's the fine. first like you say quarter, first quarter of the first it, half it, of the first half. It would have been like it was really early. And we're like, is he really done for the game? And then he came back in and got they just kept adding the fouls on from five. Ball league um, rules, baby. Yeah. So he he uh he couldn't really stay out there. He just kept getting a bunch of fouls. So Brendan Miller was guarding Flory for a good chunk of time and like I said he was playing extremely hard I uh, just love his competitiveness um KJ Wyndham was good he was hitting shots he kind of ended the game Xavier Robinson threw one off the backboard to him and on the break where he two-handed dunked one at the end to kind of put it away uh, but yeah KJ was really good Xavier Robinson was really good he was hitting shots for the I think he started the game off with a three and a, a long two there was a lot of those in the game I don't know if it was because of the college line I don't know if they were using the college line or I, I don't know what they were doing, I, but a lot of long twos. I'll tell you what, we this past spring, we started off on in two situations. Well, really one situation. Yeah, I shouldn't. One situation down. We played down in, in Louisville. And we played on a court that had high school line and college line and the NBA line. And our guys <laughs> – we shot the ball poorly in April. I mean, we won, which was good because we I thought we defended well, but but we kept shooting behind the NBA line. Right. And it couldn't buy a basket. And I, I I'm at a point where I just really only get upset when we don't have effort. Right. You know. So I, I laid into them because they just kept there's like effing magnets to that NBA line. It's like, what's the farthest line away we can shoot from? And 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 I know they weren't doing it on purpose. They're just used to get you know right. get behind whatever, right? And it was such a uh, it just was it was maddening playing on courts that have all those different lines. It's it's um it's a different level of mental toughness, I guess. But I mean, we just kept shooting behind the NBA line. And I had a you know I've got a group of really really good shooters and and just was it was frustrating, and. 
you know, to have to have all that. And there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to be a little bit tougher and understand where you were on the floor. Right. But um, it's funny you mentioned Wyndham. And and if you're not done with with that game as to who play well, we'll cycle back. But yeah. As good of a year as Ben Davis had, he struggled. Now, in his defense, I'm going to tell you he probably had one illness and two injuries that yeah. he battled that he battled through. Um, and you definitely had to plan for him. You definitely had to prepare for him. It wasn't any less of a threat, but he he struggled. Anybody that says differently is it just didn't watch and but again he had i think he had legitimate reasons for for what happened i mean i and you know and at the start of the year starting the game you know he started the year starting got gets injured zachary comes in takes that spot and just for the reason of continuity probably doesn't relinquish it and no one's no one can judge they went undefeated and won a state championship. Right. But reading all the stuff about him that's gone on this spring, real coming to the conclusion that he's playing really well this spring, according yeah. to most. Yes. And, you know, you just wonder how efficient he has been because I've not seen him play. Uh, I know he's doing some nice things on the EYBL circuit. Um, then watched him tonight. Ben Davis and Cathedral played at the Grand, a league at Grand Park with the Pacers Athletic Center. They they appreciate it being called by its sponsor's name, which makes sense. Uh, I mean, Wyndham was impressive tonight. He he changed pace, changed speeds extremely well. Um, he probably made a couple bad decisions, driving to the paint, just not necessarily having a plan, but then shot the heck out of it. Including an NBA three, <laughs> including a deep three. And, and he was really good. And he handled the ball. He was making plays. He was finding people. Um, he's not going you know, to, he's not going to be a primary ball handler for them. That's still going to be Zachary, but there'll be times when Zachary's not on the floor. And until they, until, and unless they develop somebody else, you know, heading into the season, uh, you know, that, some of that will fall on Wyndham's shoulders, but he was good. And it was good, good to see because he, he was good his sophomore year. You could definitely see the trajectory he was on. Um, but he did not have, he didn't have a great junior year on a, on a team that was outstanding, but he also, again, underscores the notion that when you're, when you're a threat, you're still a threat. Right. You, you could never not account for him. He did have a couple games last year where he had really good outings, but he just looked uncomfortable down the stretch for them and a little bit unsure. And that has all gone away. And so it was, it was fun to watch him play today. And I, I watched, watched that game specifically to watch him. I watched that game to, to watch Mark White. And then on the cathedral side, I watched, um, I wanted to see uh, LeBron Goff, and uh, Brady Kohler. Those How the did they play? Um, when golf isn't getting downhill, I'm not sure what he's doing out there just yet. You know, he's he's 
super, super quick. And this summer, he has spring and summer. Hell, officially, we're not even in the summer yet. But this spring, he's been really good in traffic. Now, I realize there's not as much help in the summer. I, I, I go through that gamut every year. Every time we talk, we have this talk. There, there's not as much help. There's not as much structure. He's going to look better in that environment with more space. Um, but he also has to be a better finisher when it, once he gets in the paint. And he's not, he's not there yet. And it, it is nitpicky. Obviously, it's a basketball's make or miss sport. And a lot of times, kids, well, at any level, when you're not on balance, especially in the paint, and you go down to the ground, and you don't make a shot, they don't call a foul, it usually starts transition for the other team. And I, I think that him, I've still yet to see him really shoot from the outside. That part of his game has to has to develop. Um, but he is he he's really good in transition. He's really good in downhill. He's he's very he's unselfish. Uh, I don't the ball doesn't stick with him as much as it did. That was a large part of some of the early season issues for Cathedral last year. Games they were still winning. Um. But I think eventually that's when Kumari Slaughter finally moved into the starting lineup was just the overall ball movement. Not that the ball doesn't stick with Kamari, but but he also was a better finisher. Um but if he can if he can tighten up some things, especially finishing around the paint, you know, around the basket. And just get a, a mid-range game. Something something mid mid paint. Especially mid paint. Uh he just I think he'll he'll take a up a little bit more than what he is. Yeah, you know, I, I get, agree with that. I've seen paint, him play in May and, and I yeah, I, was, I saw the exact same stuff there. He had a good battle with uh Indiana Elites, sixteen and under point guard. They're both really quick. And uh like I said, he can really he can handle it. He can, you know, uh, good ball handler, good defender, really fast. Um, but yeah, I agree with you know finishing in the paint and then being able to shoot from the perimeter. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. And Kennedy is a, is a better shooter than he is, so he looked decent tonight. But going over to Kohler, kid's got to be getting close to six eight now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. <laughs> Long. It, it's not quite Gordon Hayward ish, but we didn't know what we were watching in Gordon Hayward when we were watching it, right? And is Kohler Kohler's going to be a junior? A junior. He's going to be a junior. Yep. God. So the thing with him today, a lot of good. And the bad is nitpicky. He's doing much more off the dribble. Much more. Attacking. Again, understanding change of speed a little bit. Um, 
not a lot of change of direction when he's off the when he's attacking off the dribble, but he does have a a good assortment of finishing moves. And he's patient when he gets the ball in the paint. He'll turn you, he'll he'll turn his back to you and figure it, you know, and he'll pivot back around. Um finds people off the dribble. He's making plays off the dribble. What he doesn't do well yet, as well as he shoots the ball off the catch, he's not he's not a good movement shooter. And I think that's we're getting to a point now, and a lot of it is because of all the data we have for college and in, at the NBA levels. Um, shooting off the catch, shoot, it's something we charted this year. Shots off the catch, shots off the move. Or let me say that again: stationary catches versus shots off the move. Whether that's coming off a screen or off the dribble. Those are all three different skill sets. And Kohler is, is really good off the pass. Really good stationary. And off the move, off the dribble, I should say, he needs he's not a good shooter yet. And again, that's that's an opportunity for him to get better. But the, what because what he's trying to do off the dribble is is make plays, a playmaker. And he looked great doing it tonight. And, you know, Kyler said it best in our Slack, in our Slack channel, Ben Davis and Cathedral kind of put on a show. It was a, it was a good game. And Double overtime, right? Dub, double overtime. I think it was sudden death to win it in the second overtime. Great use of fall league rules. Love it. Um, and... You know, Ben Davis led most of the way. Cathedral fought their way back. Kohler gets fouled, hitting a three with five seconds left. So that they were down four, so he converts a four-point play. I mean, I was walking out the door as that happened, and I, I didn't stay. <laughs> I wanted to get back in time so we could record this. So I was like, oh, I got to get, I got to grab dinner somehow. I got to do a couple of things before anyway. Um, he, he just was, he was really, I, I was impressed with him. And then also with Mark white back, going back to the Ben Davis side, um, just really good. just plays hard, really good motor. And, you know, you got two teams. Ben Davis has a transfer in from Cecina, Caleb Milan, who was a big part of their, their, uh, semi-state run. For the Crusaders at the two A level, it's it's funny he can go from a guy that averaged about eleven points and nine rebounds a game for Cecina. He's going to be a project for Ben Davis. He's going to be right. a junior, six eight. Um, he's not where Zane was, Dowdy was at that age. Um, and it just shows the difference between the two levels between four A and and two A. Um, right. Especially was, if you're not talking about some of those part tutor teams where they had guys like Yogi Farrell, obviously Trey, Trayvon Blewett, and then Jaron Jackson. Was Danny Flanagan playing for BD? Oh, Dahani? Dahani, sorry. 
I guess I didn't know he was a Ben Davis. Okay, I thought we, I thought we we had mentioned that. I don't know about on the air, but off air, I thought we <sighs> talked about that. I got to think about that now. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, at the point at the running slam, I thought that was the case, but maybe not. They. Let's see. I didn't see the. Okay, so who? Did, I'm trying to think. I first half I watched Pike versus Addicts. Okay. We could talk. We could talk about that if you want. Um, second half, I moved over to the to Ben Davis Cathedral. And who did Ben Davis start? Ben Davis started Wyndham, Zachary, White. Um, Milan, the big kid from Cecina. Okay. And then another six foot five inch forward who, if I were to drag out the rosters, I could probably figure out who it was. One it was on the team last year. Yeah, one of their sophomore kids is now a junior. Well, okay. I'm sorry, one of their I meant to say one of their JV kids is now a junior. Okay. So if he played, I wasn't paying attention um, to who that would have been. Okay, yeah, I was just curious. Uh, watching Pike or Addicts, I, Desmond Briscoe is his fluidity on the perimeter is is just becoming noticeably improved. He had a couple Good. above the break ab, above the break threes in transition, where he's the trail guy and they're hitting. You know they're going back to him. Um, able to put the ball on the floor and drive, and again it's summer. You know again it's it's June. You know those are things that maybe you scout out and you know you tell your guys look if he gets a catch. If he's you know if he's the reverse guy on on a transition situation, especially a secondary situation. You know, you might press up on him and then give a lot of help and force him to make a play that isn't that isn't a shot. But he looked awfully good tonight. And he's starting to round into being that power forward type that he needs to be if he wants to play at, yep. at a high major. And Pike really struggled with Addicts' pressure. DeAndre Lott looked great. He, he hit a couple threes right off the catch. Um, and Chris Hunt was aggressive with the ball. Although he's... And again, being a movement shooter is just such... It's becoming such a differentiated skill. that You could say a kid is a good shooter, but off the dribble, he... He probably needs to. He probably needs to, a continue to work on that part of his game, but also understand that that's not a high percentage shot for him yet. Right. I put out a tweet earlier tonight saying getting to the basket is no longer the goal. It should be finishing at the rim, or getting to the basket and, and finishing is not the same thing. And that is not geared at one specific player. That is just geared on what I've what I saw tonight, in general. A lot of guys get the basket. And there Ooh, are some, um, go ahead. No, I was going to say for Pike it was Caskey playing for him. Yeah, they had everybody there tonight, as far as I knew. Caskey, 
And then what was the what was the other guard's name that started for him last year? That was pretty good, right hander. Um, um, well, Damon Howard is the. I think I think that's who I'm talking about. You're talking about Howard. not seniors. Yeah, from last year that he started for him, and he's coming back this year. Yeah, if you're talking about non-seniors, then there's Damon Howard. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, he was impacted a little bit tonight with, with Addicts' speed and aggressiveness. Of course, this is, you know, look, Jeff Teague's first, first year coaching. They're out there running right. stuff. They're out there running stuff. Um, he's bringing some NBA stuff to the, what they're doing as far as Getting Caskey into isolation, I think, is smart. Uh, they're going to end up doing a lot of elbow action, doing doing some horn stuff, based on what I saw tonight. And not that, not that maybe he, not maybe he wouldn't call it blocker mover, but it does kind of evolve into being a little bit of blocker mover because they've got two kids, uh, Titus Hunter and and uh, Jason Ashley who are effectively six foot five inch forwards uh, who who have effectively are screeners in what they do. And Ashley's a little bit more skilled than Hunter, but then Hunter's a little bit more athletic and a little bit more aggressive on the glass. Um, but then they brought a f- five inch, five foot, I don't know how tall he was, five foot eight inch sophomore, Michael Irving who was probably their best guard tonight in terms mm. of understanding pace and, and finding seams and, and not forcing things. I mean, ultimately Damon Howard is going to be a guy they can rely on for scoring, but he's, he struggled tonight. First half, first half only. I didn't see the second half. He, he kind of dribbled into some trouble and he's had a good spring. I've watched him probably a handful of times with his progeny team that he's on. Yeah. And he's had a, he's had a good spring. He shot the ball well. He did not have a great half of basketball tonight, but I was really impressed with the Irving kid, um, as well as Kasky. Kasky's one of those guys you can tell he's in the weight room and he takes it seriously. He's an Xavier, athlete, man. Ooh. Oh yeah, Xavier Robinson is a kid that you can tell. You mentioned him earlier. He values the weight room. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some kids that are going to get left behind because they don't, and, and and it might be not. Some of it might not be fair. Like Kohler, he's growing so fat, his metabolism has got to be off the charts. As as fast as he's growing, he's he's probably unable to keep weight. He was like what six what six one or something on the freshman team, and the next thing you knew, six 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 seven. Yeah, yeah, on the varsity, basically. <laughs> Now six eight maybe now. By Jeez. the end of his freshman year, he had grown three inches. Freshman season, I'm sorry, freshman season. Yeah, he showed he's six one in their program as a freshman. Hold on, I can tell you what it is right now. You got all this stuff. It's one of the nice things about digitizing all these rosters. Let's see. Okay, as a freshman, he was listed as 6'3". Okay. And last year, 2022, or 2023, he is listed as 
So that's now he's scoring. like you said, touching six eight maybe now. Gotta be. It's really man. He's long man. Gotta be good spring too. Not bad. I mean, he's gonna he's he's thin. He's gonna be impacted by contact. Yeah. He's got a he's got a strength in his core. I mean, I, I, I can't help but think if I'm a mid-major, I'm looking at him because as well as he shoots the ball off the catch, there might be some things off the dribble that he's doing right now that, that won't translate at a Division One level. Uh, but, you know, it, it's um, it's still this is the time you do it. You know, this is what summer's for as far as I'm concerned. He's just a natural scorer, too. Like, I watched him last year against Fishers in the summer, and I didn't know who he was. And he was, I mean, he was real skinny. Mm-hmm. And with, and just by the eye test, I'm like, I'm not sure he should be on the floor. And this kid just kept putting the ball in the basket. I'm just like, wow. Okay, and then I said, then he grows even more and gets a little bit more athletic. And I was like, man, he's going to be, he's going to be something. So, I thought he was decent last June. I'm surprised he didn't play more during the school year. I, I thought they could have used his shooting. Uh, I, I don't know if there were some defensive issues. Right. And it's hard to justify taking Hibbs and Jake Davis and Booker off the floor. You know, and who wasn't there for them today was Meeks. I don't know if Meeks is going to play basketball or not. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I noticed a couple of pictures that Coach Delaney had put out. I hadn't seen him in any of their stuff he's put out. Well, hold let's, on. Let's 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 text, let's text his dad. Let's find out. Um, if I can remember his name, that'd be great. Zach, there we go. Um, I may not get an answer while we're recording, but. Um, for those that don't know, Zach Meeks, his father's Jamal Meeks, who played basketball at Indiana, assistant coach at Butler, Bowling Green, currently an assistant coach at Ball State, which is why, hold on, let me make sure, which is why his son, his family lives in Indianapolis, and his son um, attends Cathedral. What um it's a good ball state staff there, by the way. Yeah, it all is. Those, all those dudes. Anything else you've seen? Um, just a couple more guys from that futures game from the north side. Yeah, Johnny Washington it. was Really good in the second half. He's going to be at New Haven this year uh, for a senior year. Um, and he he was really aggressive. Brought, he, they were Like I said, they were down 20, and he kind of – he was a part of the crew that, that brought him back just by being really aggressive, getting to the rim, making plays, getting some and ones, uh, even forcing the issue a little bit, but was drawing fouls. And um, I know one of the uh, guys right behind the bench asked – Coach Clint Swan was was the coach for the uh, North, but kind of asked who that was or where he was going next year because he was kind of, you know, just I don't, I don't know if he was kind of under the radar across the state of Johnny, but he 
he definitely played really well for the North. Um, Dominique, uh, I always want to say Dominique Ferguson, but that's not right. He played for Lawrence North back in the day. Murphy. Uh, Dominique Murphy, yeah. Um, he he played well. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was what I – where where was he? Where was I that he was at? And I felt like I should have gone to watch. Oh, maybe it was the future. Oh, it, was game. Run, it was the run and slam. Mean no. streets. You didn't. Yeah, no. Um, go on. I'll think about it. it. Shoot. Where was he that I. It was a run and slam, man. It was mean streets. You didn't realize that he was playing up with mean streets or something like that. It might have been the Purdue camp. Well, go on. Finish your story. I'll look it up yeah. real quick. Um, he was Dominic Murphy was good for them as well. Um, that was the first time I've seen him in person, and uh, I think he's about six five. Um, trying to get the box score back up here. It was Purdue camp, by the way. Okay. But yeah, he he was good. He he was uh finishing a lot at the rim. Uh, he's he's got a high release on his shot. He had a couple shots from the perimeter as well. He played good, and then obviously Flory. He was the MVP. He was dominant as normal, uh, rebounding everything, running the floor extremely hard. Nothing that we haven't seen. Dunking everything, blocking shots. Um, and he had one play that was just everyone in our area because we were right by, right on the floor basically, and he rolled to the rim. And he had this palm under the ball going up to finger roll it in. And all of a sudden, he, like, switched his mind in midair and, like, repositioned his hand and just threw one down with his left. And it was just like – I guess if you weren't right up on it, it wouldn't look that crazy. But it's like you shouldn't have that much time to hang in the air and go for a finger roll and then switch your mind and just switch your hand placement on the ball and, and take the rim off. You know, it was just – people and everyone around us was just like, wow, what the heck was that? Everyone was like – Doing the hand motion in the in the uh, in the stands like the Jordan, how he flipped. like the, the the Jordan move when he switched hands yeah. in midair against the Lakers. Yeah, everyone was doing like wow, like how did he flip? You know, it was just kind of weird to see that. And like I said, if you were sitting higher up or even watching on stream, you probably wouldn't even have noticed it. But it was really it's like man, this this guy is, is his athleticism is just off the charts. Um, so is he yeah. so if, if we're looking at our, I'm not gonna be able to get to it now because I don't have. My database up, yeah. Because I restarted my computer before we recorded. Um, I think we've got him properly rated and ranked. Where do we? I don't. I don't know. Where do we have him? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> it's a great question. A, definitely have... top. Definitely top ten. Definitely mid major. Here we go. Are we talking about Flory here, or no? We're talking about wait. Sorry, I was talking about Badunga, and then you. Are you talking oh, about? Oh, you, you dipped you the Badunga. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. What was I doing? Oh, I was looking up the East Chicago <laughs> thing. I thought we were still okay. talking about Murphy. Murphy. Okay, my bad. We're not talking about Dominique Murphy. No, we can. Yeah, we were, <laughs> and then I switched over to Badunga. So he was the one doing all the switching, and Badunga wow. was the one that went up with the and switched his hand placement and switched in midair and. Oh, okay. Threw one, threw one down. Everyone was just like, "Man, what the? This is, man, you don't see that type of stuff from high school kids." 
Uh, so but Murphy. So, to, so I, w- I was looking up where I where I would have been in the same spot as Dominic Murphy, and then you switched. You switched guys. <laughs> okay. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, with Murphy. How athletic uh, is he? You think? Um. Because I've seen some stuff that makes me – it's just highlights. I've seen some stuff that yeah. makes me think he's a little below the rim. Yeah. But I don't – But I don't. I need to watch him play. I don't know how that's going to happen. It's what I, I hate about these guys playing with out-of-state teams is that right. they then don't tend to gravitate toward other, you know, indie area events. Um, He's probably in that area right with Jamin Townsend, right? Somewhere that's there. right where we that's right where we've got him. Okay. I've got town we've got Townsend ahead of him. I mean that's splitting hairs. Yeah, I would say Townsend that uh, you know physically and athletically is probably ahead of Murphy, I would say. Okay. Um but but yeah, I thought, you know, there was um on that on that north team, Coach Swan was swapping five guys in, five guys out. And then eventually just said, screw it, Flory staying in the whole time. <laughs> um and but then there was this a couple of the guys I was sitting with were kind of like like man, he needs to kind of stick with these these five, you know, the certain guys on the north that were playing really well, and he was one of them. That we thought he should kind of be on the floor if they're gonna make a comeback, like you know, if you're you're swapping five in, five out, you're you know you're up and you're playing well. But I mean, they were down twenty, so I think, you know, you had to make that make that switch. We do, we all thought he should have been on the floor with that five to to bring him back, and for the most part, he was. Um, so he he played well. We got to move Kohler up. Got to move up, move him up, move Kohler up higher up the list. Yeah. Based on what I saw tonight. Because as as he did not shoot the ball well off the dribble, period. But it's this time of year, it's not super important. What's important is he's making plays off the dribble and he's still shooting the ball well off the catch. And as is he able to fine tune that off the dribble, and who knows that may be one of those things that doesn't ever happen, you know, and that'll be up to at this level Delaney to figure out what what matters during the school year, and then you know at a, at a college level how much that translates. Right. We can talk about Carmel now. Wouldn't be a podcast without it, right? Right. Purdue You're camp. Up. What if Carmel plays fast? <laughs> what happens if Carmel decides to play fast? I'm on record that I think Carmel will not have a typical Carmel year of what's happened, what it's been like the last decade or so, decade plus, um, which nobody will feel sorry for them over. And also on record on, I'm quite fine with it because it's just, their junior class is not well now they're their their senior class, their incoming senior class is does not produce a lot of offensive talent. Their incoming junior class 
Gotta love it. Kudo was a JV as a freshman, varsity starter as a sophomore. But when those dudes were freshmen, without Kudo, they didn't. I'm not sure they won a game. Not a great incoming junior class. And their sophomore class is good. But they're still sophomores. And not a lot of sophomore heavy teams win a ton of games. I realize they're not in the Mick anymore, but not a lot of sophomore heavy teams win a lot of games in the Mick on that on that caliber of schedule. They will play four sophomores this year. Three of them especially will get a lot of playing time. And the fourth one is just a tough kid who who's also happens to be a good shooter. And that's probably what he'll be throughout his high school career. But their two most talented players are Kudo, who's a five foot nine inch junior, and Evan Harrell, who's a six foot seven inch sophomore, who right now is weighs about a buck eighty five, buck ninety. You know, that's when the scouting happens and when the you know defenses are geared to stop kids, it'll be interesting to see how well they do. But but what happens if Carmel then decides, okay, to counteract that physicality, we're going to play fast. And we're going to try to run into shots every chance we get. That's how they played at Purdue. And I realize June is June. It's different. I'll be anxious to see him play in Charlie Hughes. I'll be anxious to see him play if it, if what we talked about earlier holds out. They play Ben Davis. They'll play Brownsburg. They're not just going to be able to run into shots. But, I mean, they beat Evansville Wrights by 15 at Purdue. <laughs> they were up 34 on Terre Haute South before I finally dipped out and went home. That's when I should have moved down and watched Delta play Westfield, as we referred to earlier with Coach Detweiler. Um but even on makes, Osborne's yelling, go, go, let's run. But then they could also have their 30-second possession where they're grinding stuff out and they're working for that one that one curl cut or, or that, you know, rejecting a screen or back cutting, and, you know, and, get, and getting an easy basket that way. Um. I know they're fun to watch. It was it was fun. And if they play that way and go 500, I'm on board. I mean, it's just because they're developing guys. You know, there'll be, you know, the, this, the, the group they played this past weekend, that they're going to go eight deep. Malloy, uh, Josh Malloy was in, John Michael's little brother was in a, a boot. He didn't play. Will he contribute uh, this year? He, he will be. Yeah, he will be. Like I said, the, the the senior class is not talented offensively. Um, Owen Huber is an important piece because he will start. He will be their center. He will be their tough guy. I kind of thought he should have played more, even when Carmel was at his healthiest. Um. Thought he should have played against Westfield when Bonds and Orms were was battling foul trouble. Could have been a nice body, even if it was just 
resistance and absorbing fouls against Romac, who had a really good, a really good second half and a really good stretch that brought them back in the game again like in the sectional. Um, it's really easy to say stuff like that after the fact. Um, but I thought the way he played while Comer was going through some injuries warranted some more time when they were healthy. And he is he is absolutely wonderful in his role. And he's a good screener. He understands how to make good second cuts. He can finish around the paint. He's a good defensive rebounder. He's active offensively on the glass. He's not going to get a lot of offensive rebounds, but he is going to get some tips. And if Carmel can steal a couple of those and turn those into second-chance points, great. Um, but Malloy will kind of be that same type of player where he's going to have to be that hustle guy. I, I think he'll come off the bench for them. But he'll be reliable, he'll be smart, he'll be physical. And if there's more there than what I know, you know, than, than what I, you know, like JB games kind of blur together. I'm kind of halfway paying attention. Right. You know, And that's where he got most of his minutes last year. But if there's more there than just that, then super. Then, then, I mean, if he's a guy that's going to hit open shots, like, what, you know, on off the catch, great. But even if he is just a smaller version of Huber, he'll be he'll be effective for Carmel with the group of guys they got. They got a couple dudes in their sophomore class besides Harold who just don't care. <laughs> they have no fear, and that's fine. Um, Mikey Fountain is just constant looking to get downhill. You got Colner, who's going to be probably a three-year starting quarterback for the football team, who's long, uh, will do some good things in basketball, and then you've got Jake Bellin, who again, he he does not lack one ounce of confidence, and he's he's a good shooter. He's the kid that I referred to earlier, where he's super super physical kid who also can hit shots. Um, Colner's future is probably football beyond basketball. I mean, beyond high school, you know, and, you know, Bellin and, and Fountain are probably, you know, Fountain's 5'10". That's the, that's the only thing with him is how much bigger he'll get. But, but it, it was fun to watch there. I, I hope they play that way during the school season or try to. I think if they get in situations where they're trying to grind out games against teams that they'll they'll struggle to get good looks for the smaller guards that they have. And and I know there's some give and take defensively when you try to play fast. And especially when you're a pack line guy, the faster you play, the more stretched out that gets. And that can drive a coach crazy a little bit. But it looked good. Talk about um, talk about Lawrence North. You got to see them play, right? Did a little bit, yeah. They've their their issue is going to be. I mean, Brennan Miller's their big guy. 
That's it. Right. Right. And as much as I love his motor, they are undersized everywhere else. But they're also athletic everywhere else. I mean, obviously, you talked about Xavier Robinson. They've got Kobe Bowles. They've got uh, Miles Baker. Baker shot the heck out of it at Purdue. Did he start for him? He does, yeah. So, is and that, against who, against New Pally did too because Robinson didn't play. That's right. Again, so New Pal was undefeated going into that game against Lawrence North. Right. So was Miles good off the bench then? Well, he started for him. He'll start for him this year. I just meant when he saw him because usually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He he he's also a kid that gives. He doesn't care. So who does does not lack confidence? There's that, that's four guards. They're not. They won't start four guards. The small guards, they, right? They will. They will. They, they have to have Hampton in there at the at the four, no, right? No, they started. No, they started Robinson. They started um, Robinson, Bowles, Miles Baker, and um, Good and Brenton Brennan Miller, and, and Good and Brennan Miller, and brought Hampton off the bench. Yes. Okay. I would gather that's how it's going to be. Small lineup. Hampton really struggles with the ball. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like uh, um, he didn't. He doesn't score it much, but he kind of does some of the other things. Kind of some of the he's you know has an edge to him and things like that. Yeah, he's aggressive. Um, he's aggressive. Um, but I mean, he would provide I don't, I don't know size. I guess you would say for them. I mean, he's what six two or three. Six two, yeah. But for those who yeah, don't know, he's Tony Perkins's half brother. Okay, I don't know if you knew um, that. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Now you um, do. But um, but yeah, they're definitely going to be guard heavy. They're going to be guard heavy anyway. Yeah, I mean they were it's, last. It's, it's year, Indiana. So. Most teams are guard heavy. Yeah. He, um, but I mean that's pretty. I mean Miles Good is what six foot. Yeah, but he um, he just doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, and Baker is what six? No, one? no, five ten. Yeah, five eleven. <laughs> and then Robinson and Bulls are your really your traditional backcourt guys. So that's just that's that's small, small, especially at Lawrence North. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's fine. It happens every now and then. But Robinson definitely plays bigger than he is. He can rebound it really well. And yeah, and so does Bowles. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. And so does Bowles. Both both those guys are effective around the paint offensively, especially getting their own rebounds. Brennan Miller works his butt off. Yeah, he does. Two other kids that I saw this weekend, both are pretty big names. Um, I got to look up, make sure I get the one kid's name right. <laughs> Braylon Langley from Evansville writes. It was his first name that I was blacking out on. And then Jalen Mitchell. Langley's a 6'7 sophomore who I thought looked really good against Carmel. And and Jalen Mitchell is a 6'7 freshman, 6'6 freshman, who is Also at rights, by the way. Also at rights, yeah. Skilled for his size, skilled for his age. Um, 
had some situations against Carmel where he looked good. Had some situations against Carmel where he looked like a freshman. He was in a situation against Carmel where if he couldn't out-physical his primary defender, he struggled to finish. Uh, but that, again, he's a freshman. I was super impressed with Langley's motor. I was super, because earlier in the year, I'd seen him play in the spring, and, and his motor was just as good as that group is, there's a lot of standing around. That Andy Heat team he's on. Right. That's where a kid like Brendan Miller really stands out because Brendan Miller never lacks a motor. Langley, a lot of uncertainty on that team with this group. He kind of somewhat plays a part-time primary ball handler, definitely a secondary ball handler, and did a lot of nice things. Um, but, and again, it's June. They just had no answer for Carmel's ball movement, had no answer for Carmel's player movement. Um, Carmel was constantly able to find guys open. And, you know, that's, you know, something, if something were weird were to happen and they were to find themselves playing in a state tournament, which since they don't place there during the regular season the, is the only place they would play, you know, scouting and, and a full season of, of games would help with some of that. But, but in that setting, this early in, the, in a lot of their careers, they had no answer for the movement. And that's the beauty of motion, because you can always play it. You're not a motion guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I am. Beautiful thing about it. Even if you have... If you don't have your full complement of players for practice, you can still practice. You can still run it. Hell, you can run up. You can run up four on five and have one guy be an all-time screener and passer. There's all kind of there's all kind of ways to rig the system when you have that situation. But now I was um, super impressed with Langley. I was impressed with Mitchell. He did a lot of chirping at the referees. He did a lot of chirping at his teammates. Some of that stuff he has to grow out of. He's, you know, he's obviously he's freshman. He's immature. Um, who was it? What among us that said asked if he's being compared to Jalen Harrelson? That was me. So from my uh, somebody said that per, to you. Per, yeah, per sources. Yeah, and the answer to that is no. He's not there. But, I mean, Jalen Harrelson's one of the top, what, 20 players in his class? I think it's top 10. Is that all? That's all. That's all. I mean, he's... Um, Mitchell. Mitchell's getting national attention, too. but He, but he yeah. is. He is, but he's a six foot, six, six foot, seven inch eighth grader. Right. Who's skilled? Oh, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he's going to be good. Don't it's we're we're splitting hairs at that point, right? 
That's like saying Florian Badunga is not quite the prospect Greg Oden was. <laughs> I mean, that's not even that. Yeah. It's not even that good. But at the same time, it's that's what, you know, the conversation we had with Peckinpah back when he was on the pod. Um, as good as Badunga is, you're not Oden. Yeah. I should have asked John that question. John will maybe hear that. I should have asked John that question. Could you have guarded Badunga? <laughs> you know what the answer to that question is? It's yes. Peckinpah was, John was that nasty of a defender. I can see that. Yeah. He was he the was, first guy. He was the he first was, guy I saw when I got into Gamebridge from the parking garage coming down the, the, uh, Escalator, John Peck and Paul walking in with his, I believe his wife, maybe or oh, so this has been recent. Okay, okay, this was Saturday. Saturday, okay, yeah, yeah. She was very pregnant. She is no longer pregnant. She's nice. They are with child. Congratulations, John. By the way, although I've, we've already swapped texts, but yeah, Badunga. Yeah, again, that's. Doesn't take away for how good Flory is, but he's not Odin. He's not Kemp. But those two guys were different. Odin. <laughs> he's not as skilled as Kemp, but he's not as big as Odin. And he might not be as skilled as Odin. Odin just didn't have to do any do it as much because of God, Kemp was just different. God, he was so different. Holy cow. Some of those high highlights, man. You know, my my uh, Sean Kemp was my dad's PE assistant in ninth grade at Concord. <laughs> nice. So uh, they kind of developed a, a good relationship that lasted all the way through. My dad coaching against him in high school, and even nice. got I him mean, to the NBA and things like that. But I mean, they would come down every year. We're we're really going in the weeds here. Every year they would come down for AAU State. AAU State was a big deal back. Until about the mid two hundred, the, the mid aughts, the mid till about two thousand seven. It's still somewhat relevant until two thousand ten. But in the through the nineties, late eighties and nineties, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was a two two weekend event, and that weekend between a lot of those dudes would be here in Indy. And they'd come to Carmel's open gym. They'd go to Ben Davis's outdoor courts. And just being on the same court with Kemp at Carmel's open gyms um, just was just a different, <laughs> literally a different creature physically than anything I had ever been around up to that point. His highlight tape in high school is just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, I would have told you that our Carmel's not 87 team probably could have beaten Concord, but Kemp would have still gotten his. But anyway, anything else? Anything else you saw? Uh, no, not that I can think of. I know we'll. Uh, I'll be at. Um, I'll be at Charlie Hughes here coming up. Uh, was that next weekend? Next weekend, top 100 yeah. this weekend. 
So next yep. weekend we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna discuss. We're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna have a top one hundred conversation amid the Tyler. Tyler will Wait, be here, right? That's what we're doing. We're, we're we're only doing one coach next week, Coach Richardson from Scottsburg. So for those that are listening, we've had we've been having two podcasts each week with coaches. This week was supposed to be Coach Detweiler and Coach Richardson from Scottsburg. Coach Richardson had some travel difficulties, so he couldn't be here this week. So we're just having the one pod this week. Uh, so next week, we're probably just going to have one pod as well. We'll have Coach Richardson on, and then we'll have a top 100 discussion afterward, right? Yeah, I think that's probably the just kind of like we did this week. I mean, I guess we could split it into two podcasts, but yeah, I don't know. Um and then after Charlie Hughes, I think we'll probably take a break from the coach talk because I think Charlie Hughes will warrant its own discussion. Yeah. And then we'll Absolutely. get back into the coaches. Um, eventually work our way through the, the coaches that we think are coaching teams that are will be favored to win. Or, you know, favored yeah. to certainly be part of the – Contenders. Part of the, I mean, yeah, part of the contenders. Yeah. Eventually work our way around to Coach Carlisle and Coach Wolf. Because both Ben Davis and Northwood will be state champions who, who have a chance to repeat. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Ben Davis can can um they're not going to go undefeated, but it'll be interesting to see if they can Coach Carlisle can do what Coach Whitty did, 95 and 96, where Ben Davis, 95 team, everybody thought they would win. It's kind of a no-brainer. But then 96, they still had a lot of good pieces back, but nobody thought they would win state again, and they and they still managed to figure out a way to do it. That could be what Coach Carlisle is staring at this year. It would be a heck of an accomplishment, man. It would. It would be great. It'd be good for him because he was on the ninety. He was prominently on the ninety six team. He was on the ninety five team. but didn't play, or didn't play much. And then ninety six, he was he was a you know much bigger role. Him and Jan Price and or I'm sorry, uh, Price or Yates, maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Poisel, who's Assistant at Brownsburg. Um, yeah, fun group. That was a surprise. And everybody agrees it was Coach Whitty's best coaching. So if Don can pull that act, that would be great for him. Approaching legendary status at that point. All right, anything else? That's it for me. Good deal. We'll have Kyler and probably have Kyler and Zach back next week and other than that guys appreciate you listening Dominique thanks for your time man good talk tonight yes sir